Welcome to High Energy Health, where together we explore the leading edge of wellness and happiness. I'm your host, Dawson Church. By choosing this time together, you're declaring your commitment to a positive mindset, elevated emotions, and a great life. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. Hello and welcome, dear listeners, beautiful community of seekers to this week's episode of High Energy Health. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today, for sharing this space with us here. I'm Miriam Paninsky, the Consciousness Programs Director at EFT Universe, and I have the honor of guest hosting this amazing show, this amazing podcast for Dr. Dawson Church. And today I have the special pleasure of talking to Oliver Ninio. Welcome, Oliver. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Miriam, thanks so much for having me. <laughs> so for those of you who are just getting to know Oliver, I would like to briefly introduce you, Oliver. So Oliver is an entrepreneur and actually an energy healer and spiritual activation expert. We'll be talking a lot about that. He's the creator of Geo Love Healing and online company designed to help individuals master their energy, unblock themselves and become healers. Oliver has performed more than 20,000 healing sessions and has trained people from more than 60 countries in his energy healing methodology. And in testimonials, his clients state that they have progressed more from just one healing session with Oliver or from his 30-day program than from decades of therapy and personal development, which I can totally believe. A highly esteemed energy healing expert Oliver and his brand have amassed a loyal global following, including many celebrity clients. And I just wanted to segue also this, this conversation. Actually, we'll be talking today about Oliver's brand new book, which is actually coming out as spring arrives, I believe, on March 21st, right? Yes. Yes. And I just wanted to read some of the phrases that are sung for this book already. Instance, Tony Robbins is saying Oliver is a gifted healer whose energy healing practices would benefit those looking to experience more joy, inner peace and wellness in their lives. Donna Karen is singing praises. Anthony Williams is saying Oliver is a gifted soul who has the ability to change someone's frequency by activating their true essence and voice, which can be buried under trauma, pain and suffering. And I I totally suggest from reading this book and experiencing you on video, I can just reiterate this. And I just want to say that this is a phenomenal resource and really an offering. So Oliver, you have been a healer for decades. And actually on your website, you even say, chances are we never heard of you. And I've been working on the ground, you say, for a reason. What finally inspired you to write this book? And who is this written for? And what are you hoping for your readers? Yeah, I mean, it's actually a very interesting background because I, I never thought I would be doing what I'm doing now. You know, I've been a healer for close to 20 years, but I've been in business as an entrepreneur for, you know, 25, so longer. So for me, I was, there's a point in time where I was living dual lives. You know, mm -hmm. I was living in the energy healer closet, as I call it, to where you know, <laughs> I was, everybody knew me as an entrepreneur, very, very successful businesses online. And quite frankly, I was set doing that. 
right? So it was hard to surrender all of that to do what I'm doing now. Because for me, it's easier to surrender when you have nothing left to lose, which I've done plenty of times in the past. But when you have something that's built, that's successful, and then you have a calling that's higher than that. For me, mm-hmm. that was a harder surrender. And for a while, I ignored it because I didn't want to be judged. Like, you know, I didn't want, you know, people being like, oh, wow, we can't work with you in business anymore because this is, this energy healing thing is too woo-woo and it's just so, <laughs> yeah. so out there. So for me, I ignored or didn't go full on on being seen for, you know, over 10 years. But it wasn't until my, my wife was, you know, pregnant with our, for, with our, with our son. And at that point, I worked with so many people and I just knew the impact that parents had on kids, right? I just knew that when, you know, when right. parents come to us or grandparents come to us and they're like, you know, I have all this trauma or <laughs> all these different things that are holding them back. It always boils down to things that happen in childhood for the most part, like whether, mm-hmm. you know, not enough love for mom or dad or they're role modeling mom or dad, so on and so forth. So I realized I had this big responsibility that I was going to be a role model for my son that was not born yet. So for me, I was like, you know what? Do I want to be the kind of father that's hiding when he's born? If he doesn't, you know, even if I don't tell him, hey, I'm hiding, right? It can be felt energetically. It can be picked up by body language and all those different things that our kids just absorb. Do I want to hide? Or do I want to be a full embodiment of my truth and shine my light and be the best version I can be? So for me, like that's what motivated me because I wouldn't have done it if it was just for myself. I could have probably gone longer because I can I can handle a lot of pressure. Uh, but for <laughs> me, since there was a soul on the line, I'm like, I have to shine my light and the world needs it and I need it. Because, you know, even though at that point I was experiencing success, when my head hit the pillow at the end of the night, I wasn't fulfilled. I felt like uh-huh. I was bored to do something more and it's just like, oh, it's, I'm just not here living to my full capacity. So my son being born was the catalyst of me stepping out mm-hmm. and fully being like, I'm doing this. I'm going to shine my light in the world and share it with everybody. And this is, I feel like this is for people who feel like the first chapters of their lives aren't exactly what they wanted to be, right? They're overwhelmed or anxious. They're not they're attracting toxic people. They're not having abundance that they truly want. They're not living in their purpose work. They're not fully feeling like you know good in their bodies and they just want something better and they can't figure out what it is and they probably tried a lot of different things and for some reason like you know they haven't tried energy which everything really produces energy that can hold you back so for me it's for people that want their lives to be better and they've tried but for some reason they're just not there and they're looking for a you know a another approach probably a faster approach than they've tried before and they just want they know life can be better and they want life to be better yeah, right. And that really comes through in this. You go in right with this. You kind of, if you feel this way and that way. And, and I yeah. think so, this speaks to so many of us for sure. So I just, I felt extremely addressed by this as well. And I think a, a lot of us will, and like wherever we are, like even in like various stages, yeah. even if you're already a healer, I think it doesn't matter where you are on this journey. I think it, that this book kind of like feels like it's addressing everyone wherever they are on these kind of stages. And I really love that. And you actually also segued already into my next question. You were calling your son or when your back then partner wife was pregnant with her son, that was kind of like the catalyst. So can you tell us a little bit more about that, about your personal journey and kind of like some of these stages 
that kind of where you I think because it was like a step by step thing. And yeah. it's also like a still a step by step thing as you read yeah. in this book that it's an ongoing journey. What kind of like made you connect to your gifts to this healer within you? Got it. So yeah, I mean, growing up, I mean, I grew up in the Philippines. And mm-hmm. it's interesting, because, you know, healing and energy was always part of the subculture there. It was always it was the undertone, it was normal, right. And it was interesting, because we grew up like, in a Catholic background, where like, that's not allowed, but then the culture is like, it's allowed. So it's like this hidden thing that was always there. And I always grew up with like literally people talking about like if someone's sick, they go to a healer. And like in a, if they want, they go into a new house, they get it blessed and people bless the land. So it's just all normal to me mm-hmm. growing up. I didn't pay attention to it much because like I was into like, you know, I was in the band, I'm playing the guitar. I was being <laughs> a kid. I was living life and being a little bit more rebellious. So it was there. But I think the good thing about it is that it wasn't weird. It was like, okay, mm-hmm. it's just there. Then I started hearing stories from my mom about my grandfather having gifts of channeling, right? When everybody in the family was in disagreement or when somebody was, you know, gambling too much, my grandfather would channel, you know, his dad and it would come through and it would tell somebody like, hey, this person's gambling, this person's sick, this person, this is what you guys need to do. And he would channel and I would hear about that. And I'm like, okay, that's, I guess that's, just part of the family. I never really thought that it ran in the bloodline that I'd have it. I just thought like, it, it's, I guess it's one of the other things, right? So that was all there. And looking back in history, it was just there and it shaped me without me knowing it. But for me, when I first moved to the US, I didn't know anybody and I didn't have any friends. You know, it was a brand new start. I didn't even know I was going to go here. My parents were like, hey, we're going to go for like, you know, a vacation. If you like it, you can go home. If not, like, you know, um, you can stay here. And then next thing you know, we're like, okay, we're not going home. I'm like, okay, shoot. Right. So for me, it kind how, of- How old were you? How old 18, were you when that 18. happened? Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, I left my, you know, I left my, the band behind my friends, all of the, all that I knew was behind and I was here and it was six months of rock bottom, losing okay. everything. And I had a choice. Do I spiral here or do I grow? And I chose growth. So for, for, for me, it was, that was a pivotal moment of just choosing like life can be better. And I'm going to do things to make life better. So mm-hmm. one of the things that I jumped into was business and I was, mm-hmm. you know, and it was pretty successful, but I hit a block to where nothing I can do mentally, emotionally could get me past that block. And then I met a intuitive that was like, you have energy blocks, you should get an energy healing. What is that? I've never heard of it, but I was open-minded and I received one. And I remember the guy was like, you have abundance blocks. I removed it. And because of this, you'll see a lot of abundance coming in in the next four to six weeks. I thought he was crazy. I was like, this guy is obviously, you know, crazy. How can that happen? right? My mind was so skeptical. So I continued doing what I was doing. In four to five weeks time, an opportunity came out of nowhere. I said yes to it. I made more in a day than I did an entire year. And mm-hmm. that's what I feel like the universe, God, higher power, whatever your listeners believe in, you know, different names, um, you know, but that's the dangling carrot that got me first to see and to be interested in energy healing. Because that was my currency back then. It's very different now, but back then it's like success. How can right. you make more money? You know, mm-hmm. how can you prove yourself? Right. So that showed me of like, wow, you can have geometric growth. That's not stair step. That's like literally geometric with energy healing. Of course, the, I mean, the complete story is two, two months afterwards, I spent all of it. I bought a car or vacations and bills for my parents, family members, because I wasn't used to that level of abundance so fast. So my mind and emotions kind of like weren't used to it. So it got rid of it, mm-hmm. but it showed me it was at least possible to get right. it fast. Mm-hmm. And it, so that's probably one of my first kind of like big 
just encounters with, with energy healing and how it works and how fast it can work, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like a, a point of reference, a first point of reference, basically. Absolutely. To, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And what I also found very interesting is kind of like that you describe this polarity also that you experienced growing yeah. up in the Philippines, kind of between the Christian Catholic, very yeah. strict Christian Catholic background, but then all these kind of other practices going on that would, were actually quite, you know, <laughs> heretic in a way. Like, kind oh, of yes. like, I found that very, very interesting. But I do think it speaks to a lot of us and especially people that are now also come from, I'm also an immigrant in this country and I also come from a Catholic background originally. So I think that kind of inner polarity that becomes like an internal kind of like back and forth almost that you have to acknowledge for it to be processed and released. So I found that very, very interesting that you point that out specifically. Because those internal struggles exist. Mm -hmm. I feel like with, with a lot of people where like, hey, you know, People are saying do this, but then they're also saying do this, right? Mom says do this, one thing, and she acts another. And you can see conflicting yeah. beliefs that are driving us. And for me, it was interesting because the more I shared that story, the more people have come and said, that's exactly what I've experienced in my culture. And that's why I'm stuck because I don't know which way to go left or right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's super, for me, it was very, it was eye-opening learning that as well. Yeah. To move into the book, what one can really feel reading in this book, and I really appreciated that this is, and you say that actually also, you repeatedly say it, that it's actually really stripped down from any kind of scientific concepts or over-intellectualized kind of like processing of any of the things that you're introduced. Right. And while, of course, we glad that quantum physics and the law of attraction, all these concepts are actually verifiable right now. We're glad about that. But you really speak from a genuine place, almost like what I would call like a channeled authenticity. And I feel like this is this is both a subconscious, but also a conscious decision that you took over and over again, writing this book. I think that's I feel like this was almost like an internal dialogue in terms of like, should I go into the con? I, maybe I'm wrong, you know, but I'd be really interested. Like, should I go into the concept of this? No, actually, I'm just going to speak from my heart and just from this simplicity. Is that right? Absolutely. I mean, honestly, when I was writing this, it was a lot of it was from a, a channel space. It was what mm-hmm. the world needed to hear. But it was also at the same time, I was considering people that have never heard of energy, right? They've never heard of it. They're, they're not in this world. They want to learn more about it. And how can I make it to where it's just relatable to them, right? Because although it's pretty cool that a lot of people are into energy nowadays, and it's one of the things that is having a movement, whether it's like, you know, like, you know, chakra clearings or meditations or mindfulness and all this breath work and all those different things that have energetic effects, I feel like it's still not as um, mainstream as I would like. So I wrote this book literally. So if I could not tell my son anything about energy from scratch, I can just hand him a book and he uh-huh. and it will do the job of explaining what energy is, how we can live a better life because of it, how we can thrive. This is the book that I wrote so that anybody, my, my mom, my sister, my son, my younger version of myself, people who've never heard about it can pick it up and be like, okay, I get it. It's simple, easy to understand. And that was kind of like the challenge of like, I want to bring this <laughs> It's so potent. And that's also, okay, people that have never heard of it. So it was a dance between catering to people who know it or are a little bit more advanced and people who've never heard it before. So it, you know, it, was, it kind of stretched me in my way of like having to explain the book to cater to everybody in a way. Yeah. 
Yeah, interesting. I found this kind of like sub dialogue very, very interesting to kind of read. Yeah. And I think a lot of us can relate to that as we kind of like bring words to what we do. And and, yeah. and I also like that's an ongoing struggle for me also in, in a work where I both kind of try to write a book that's also supposed to be a PhD is kind of like almost more kind of like, what, <laughs> yeah. what is that balance? And so this book is really beautifully structured. And it's actually almost like a I wouldn't call it a workbook, but it has aspects of a workbook and it offers a 15 day program. Do you want to say a little bit more about that sure. structure and these 15 days and why yeah. 15 days and, and all of that? 15 days is because I actually energetically scam and 15 came up. So a lot of decisions that we, what I do, I just tap into my higher self, my higher guidance is, you know, not what my human mind wants, but what's for the highest good to come on. 15 came up and the structure is, is pretty simple. I, I thought to myself, okay. Like there are, there are people that I, that will, I'll never be able to hug. They'll never go to my workshops. They'll never get to my programs. I'll never get to see them. But what can I do? Because my goal is to affect a billion lives, right? So what can I do to where if I never see them, I still give them the best chance of success, happiness, abundance in their lives to where they feel like they have more clarity, they have more peace, they have more purpose, they have more joy, they have more energy, they have more love. So I was like, okay, let me give them a daily practice that I do. And 15 days is perfect because 15 days is long enough and short enough to where you can see the benefits, you can see what's possible. And you can say afterwards, wow, if this is what's possible in 15 days, what am I going to do for the rest of my life if I keep going with this? So the practices there are really designed so people can experience their own unique energy. Which mm -hmm. a lot of us sometimes we've never had in our life because we have so many things coming from us externally, right? If we're empathic, then we're sensitive to other people's emotions and energies. And if we're sensitive to energy, then it's like the EMFs, the radio waves, the Wi-Fi, like outside air, pollution, everything affects us in a way and has and affects our state of being, whether we, we know it or not. And throughout the years with more pro progression and advancements in technology, there's more external things affecting us. So for me, these practices kind of um, address those and neutralize them in a way so that you can experience who are you? What is your essence? How do you think when it's not affected? How do you feel when it's not affected? And, and in that state, you can make better decisions. You can show up better. You can be more present. You can open your heart. You can be more loving. You actually are making a decision based on what you want, what not, not what the world tells you you should be kind of thing, right? So for me, it's mm -hmm. just a way for us to be in touch and tune with our essence, with our soul. And when you know that, that's your northern start and life gets gets better. You know, it, it gets more fulfilling in my experience. So for me, it, it's just, it is a process of returning back to ourselves, remembering who we are, kind of like protecting that purity at all costs. I know we have that resource, you know, moving forward and it's always within us, you know? Yeah, I think you're giving some very, very important clues. And in the next segment, I'd, I'd very much like to talk about what you just brought up is actually the first part of this 15 day program is, yep. is the detox, the protection, really, it's kind of like yes. the protection. So yes, let's pick up on that in the next segment. So we have a little bit more time to unfold this and you're not interrupted by the commercial break. So let's go into the commercial break right now. Please tune right back in with us with this great conversation with Oliver Ninio. Thank you so much.
Hello and welcome back to this episode of the High Energy Health Show. Today, I'm in conversation with the amazing Oliver Nino, and we are just talking about the first three essential days in his 15-day program that Oliver is offering in his book. And I didn't actually mention the subtitle of this book, which is, I think, very telling. The book is called Spiritual Activator, Five Steps to Clearing, Unblocking, and Protecting Your Energy to Attract More Love, Joy, and purpose. And we and the first three days are very much about detox and protection. And we won't explain all 15 days, but I feel like these first three days is something that people can feel inspired to actually start right away. And so I was wondering if you wanted to say a little bit more about the importance of protection and detox and what you are offering here. Yes. So detox is super important because like I said before, is like, you know, we at times the biggest cause of pain in our lives is we make, we are so influenced by external to where we don't know who we are. Therefore, when we make decisions, they're based off not our intuition, you know, not what we would normally do, but all these external interferences. So for me, it's kind of like similar to when you go on a green juice diet, right? You detox so you can experience your body cohesive and you can experience what your body is meant to be in a very connected and healthy way. Same thing with the energy. So for me, first step is protecting your energy because like, you know, there's three types of empaths out there, right? Um, empath means for me, you're sensitive or you're absorbing other people's energies. So if you, let's say you walk to a store and you're feeling okay and calm and you walk in the store and someone's anxious and they start affecting you, right? That their energy affecting you means that, you know, you are for some reason just absorbing external energy. It's not a bad thing. It's just, it's just is, right? Mm -hmm. So when you know that, then, you know, you can either one, you're either a knower to where when you're with somebody, you know what they're feeling. You don't exactly feel it, but you know what it is. Mm -hmm. Or you're a feeler to where if they're feeling anxious and angry, then your body's releasing the same hormones. And next thing you know, you're feeling anxious and angry and you don't even know why. You have zero context, right? But all of a sudden you just feel it, right? And that happened to me back in the day. I got like, you know, for 10 minutes, I got this anxiety over bills. And back then there was no reason why. The next thing you know, my mom calls me up 10 minutes later and she was anxious about bills, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, hmm, there's this connection of like, I can feel the emotion before there was any communication because energy travels faster than the speed of light. It's, it travels mm -hmm. by thought, right? So I was like, that's crazy. And the third one is embodiment to where if somebody has a shoulder pain or a knee pain, you have it too. If their hearts are beating fast, yeah. your heart will beat fast. So I have all mm -hmm. three. So it's, it can get pretty intense. So can you imagine if you made decisions from a place to where you're absorbing all energy throughout the day? What And the thing with absorbing energy is yes, you can absorb it you know, when somebody's in the store, but here's the thing, you can also observe it remotely. Somebody's thinking about you intensely, whether it's positive or negative, you can also start absorbing that as well. So it's, it's interesting. So for me, the first three days is like, how do you protect your energy? Mm -hmm. So you're not taking that on. Therefore, you're not rocked by it. You're not like, you know, mm -hmm. you're just going by your day and you're in your essence and you're not experiencing the roller coaster of intense ups and downs of emotions and thoughts that aren't even yours. And if it's yours, it's great. Let's work through them. Let's clear them. Let's heal them. But if it's not yours, it's great to know that as well. So you're not, you know, confusing external things as things that are your own and taking ownership of that, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. 
absolutely. And you propose three quite simple but highly effective modalities, so to say, to protect yes. your energy. Would you mind sharing them here with us? Absolutely. So for me, I go with intention, sacred geometry, and light therapy. They work really, really well. Intention always is, is really, really powerful. People, people don't sometimes see the power of intention because it's a simple thing, right? You're like, oh, intention is so simple. We always think that in order for something to work, it has to be complicated with 31,000 steps, right? But sometimes we don't realize that <laughs> intention can be so powerful. If you think about yeah. it, let's say prayer is a form of pure intention. Mm -hmm. How many mm -hmm. stories have we heard about miracles of somebody in life and death situation and somebody prayed for that person and there was a miraculous healing? Nobody can explain why it happened. The doctors are scratching their heads. The scientific community, they don't know. It's an anomaly, but it happened, right? And they didn't do any, any steps. You know, all they did was prayer, which in my mind, heartfelt as a soul calling and an intention, and it worked, right? So a lot of times people don't, don't see the importance of that, but intention is one to where you can literally say, you know, God, higher power, universe, whatever you believe in, right? You know, please protect me today from all toxic fear-based energies that can lower my frequency and like, you know, and affect me negatively, right? Mm -hmm. And by just saying that, like, you know, it does have a powerful effect in protecting you because we mm -hmm. forget sometimes the power of pure intention. It, it can move mountains. So that's one. Second is light therapy is another one that I use a lot because the way I look at light, it's a vehicle for transporting energy. It's a vehicle for transporting energy, transporting information. Light and sound do the same thing, right? It's just a carrier of information. So for me, when I'm like, you know, I want, you know, protecting energy, you know, I want to feel it, right? I might think of white, purple, gold coming down from the heavens and filling me up with protective energy, right? And because I said the intention of that, now the energy can be transported via light and it can be felt, you know? So there's a lot of studies on light therapy as it is mm -hmm. um, externally as benefiting our body, but light therapy energetically, I feel like it benefits, you know, our soul and our energy as well. I do that intention. I do light a lot and I do sacred geometry because sacred geometry is one of my favorite things. It's it's a way, and if you look at it, it's outside of us and it's, it's also within us. Like you look at the pyramids, you look at the Fibonacci six sequences, the five, like you look at, you know, seashells and trees, it's it's outside of us. It's sacred geometry design. But if you look within us, it's in our cells. They're spherical in nature. The DNA is like two pyramids back to back, octahedrons, right? If you and there's spiral in there as well. So it's outside of us, it's inside of us. Therefore, I call it the language of God because it's all over creation. Mm -hmm. It's sacred geometry. So for me, I use sacred geometry as a way of protecting myself without having to use my human energy and human battery to do it. So if I let's say am in a pyramid that I build in my mind energetically right and my intention is protect me from everything external that's not meant you know to cause harmony for my body and i'm in that pyramid and i fill that pyramid up with white light and i walk throughout the mall with that like you know i feel personally like i don't take anything on and we've done lots of experiments with um teaching this to other people who have been diagnosed with high anxiety or social anxiety can't get out and they do these practices and they're able to do it right mm -hmm. so for me there's like you know the layering effect is where it counts because you can do one by itself but when you layer intention light sacred geometry then all of a sudden you're stacking all these things in your favor to where it's like you're giving yourself the best chance of owning mm -hmm. your energy back you know
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when you say that you use the sacred geometry, you are talking in the first in the first instance, in the first place, using your imagination also, and you yeah. actually talk about the importance of imagination. Can you say something about that? Yeah, so imagination is important because everything that has is real in this world started off with a vision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it started off with imagination. So a lot of people discount it, but that's probably where everything begins, right? Imagination and intention. Therefore, that's where I begin because I just know the power, the creation power of that. I just don't see it as invisible. I feel like that's the first step to making things visible. Yeah, very important prompt. We will be right back after a short commercial break with this great conversation with Olive and you. Thank you for tuning right back in with us. Welcome back to today's episode of High Energy Health. I'm Miriam Paninski today in conversation with Oliver Ninio about his newest book that is about to come out on March 21st, Spiritual Activator. And we were just talking about the power of imagination, of how everything starts with imagination. And I was wondering if you wanted to say a little bit more about this. Yes. So imagination, I mean, honestly, I feel like it's one of those things that are underrated because we think it's in our mind, we think it's make-believe. But if you think about everything, let's say, Disney, for example, Disneyland and Disney started off with a thought and imagination and creativity, right? All great inventions out there started out with, with imagination and create and creativity. And thought. if I think about what imagination is, it's the beginnings of creation. It's intention and you have focus and you're visualizing. If you can visualize, some people can visualize and that's okay. And they might feel it or they might just intend it. But that's, I feel like that, that's the beginning. That Those are the seeds of creation. So whatever you put forth in that, you know, and it actually comes to fruition. Like, you know, the longer you you focus on it, the more emotion or energy and intention you bring forth, especially when you throw in like, you know, other elements like sacred geometry and light, all these different things stand alone, they work together. I feel like those are the trifecta of creation at the beginning, right? Whether you're wanting to manifest something or you're you're just wanting to bring more energy into a, into an idea. I mean, all starts with, you know, with, with that as the, the, I feel like the starting point. And for a lot of times it becomes the ending point as well, because when you do it right, it's just so potent that it's one step and that one step, all of a sudden you feel protected. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, that was simple. Right. And we do it until we're like, it's so simple. Then we sometimes forget to do it because we look for things that are more complex and we get mm-hmm. more to what's simple and what works. But if I were to go back, I'm like, it's, it's one of the things that work. it's worked every single time it works and it's simple. And it's just a matter of like, you know, making it a daily practice. Absolutely. And I was wondering, so what the a question that I also get a lot in our meditation programs is because a lot of our meditations, they contain visualization, imagination, and often people get frustrated with that. Often people kind of feel like there's, whenever I try to access that, there is like just an inner blockage and just frustrates me already when I'm prompted to do that. What do you say to those kinds of remarks? How do you approach that? I'm curious. That they just can't feel it or they can't visualize it? They can't visualize it almost as like an inner blockage of accessing the visual. Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing is why, what I realized is like, you know, a lot of people kind of are too hard on themselves because they feel like they need to be able to visualize really, really well. But the way I look at it is everybody at the, you know, we at the beginning have our primary ways of interpreting 
energy or processing the world. For some, we're more auditory, we hear stuff. For some, we're visual, we see stuff. For some, we're kinesthetic, we feel stuff, right? So if you're a feeler and you're not naturally a visualizer, right? That doesn't make it wrong. It just means to say that this is your strength currently and you can develop the other one as you go along, right? And I've also met a lot of people, sometimes they can't visualize because they're blocked. Their third eye is blocked, right? Or their heart is blocked and they can't visualize as they work through the blocks and remove the energetic blocks. All of a sudden, it's easier for them to see because a lot of times you really can't see when you're too crowded by a lot of humanistic stuff. Therefore, you don't have the clarity or the gift of vision, you know, to be able to see it, whether it's in your mind's Mm -hmm. eye or in real life or in dream form, you just can't because there's just so much. But when you get rid of all the gunk, it's weighing you down. All of a sudden you're like, wow, at a higher vibration, I can see, right? So sometimes it can be a a vibrational thing because of a block. And sometimes it's one of the things to where, you know, you're more kinesthetic and that's more something you got to develop. doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It just means that it's a secondary or third thing that you want to build. Therefore, like it doesn't come that natural to you yet, but it's a meaning, yeah. bond, you know, I don't look at it as a requirement to be able to do energy work because you got to be able to visualize because I've had people that are the most amazing healers that I've trained and, and they've done, they've done things that people will never believe and they can't visualize, right? Yeah. So it's not, a, it's not a prerequisite, yeah. it's not a prerequisite at all. Yeah. I think that those are really important words and just about like how much, how high are your expectations or how strict and limited are someone's expectations. I also want to share a few weeks ago, I was kind of like a little bit stuck in some blockage and I kept like going into this meditation where I was like trying to access this unconditional love. And and basically I was blocked because some past from, from past trigger was coming up. And that was also related to a specific kind of time in my childhood. And what came up in my meditations was always this imaginary image of a children's book that I read at Mm. that time. And I was like, kind of kept disregarding it because it was like, like almost like subconsciously saying that, what is it, you know, until, you know, intuition always hits us several times, you know, until I realized, okay, uh, interesting. So that was like the, my default safe container in a time where really wasn't safe was that space of these books and that was my space of unconditional love that was my space of magic and imagination and 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 all of these things so really like paying attention to these like little things and don't disregard them as something that isn't that isn't important in the process yeah a lot of it just comes down to i feel like comparison for sure because somebody Mm -hmm. i see in my events all the time like you know somebody's doing a practice and they are like wow they're experiencing everything in like, you know, 3D and like, you know, surround sound is amazing, it's clear and it's, and it's exciting. <laughs> and then and the person next to them was just like, oh my gosh, I can't even barely get a color or, you know, I, I'm, I've almost fell asleep, nothing's happening. And they compare themselves, not realizing that their experience might happen tonight when they go to sleep, right? Mm-hmm. Or tomorrow because of what they're doing and not necessarily going to happen now because sometimes even in life, when we're doing things that are practices, sometimes, yes, would it be amazing if we get an instant gratification, instant feedback in the moment? Sure. Does it happen every single time? No, right? Because it's it's varied. Some, some of the things that we do, I look at it as flower blossoming. It's like, you know, it takes, who knows, four weeks, three months, six months for it to fully blossom. And mm-hmm. if, as long as the right environment is there, the sunlight, the nutrients, whatever it needs, it will happen. But if you judge that flower and say, you have to blossom today, and if you don't, you're a failure, then in your mind, it's a failure, even though 
it's probably a success if you were just weren't, you weren't looking at it from from the right time frame. So when I look at our own evolution, right, I realize that there are things in our life that we're ready to experience now, and the things in our life that we're kind of being prepared for, and we should look at it as just that, right? Not that it's you're, something's wrong with you because you can't experience everything you want right now, right. Oliver, was it what I was wondering throughout your experience of these decades and in your programs, and we'll talk about that in the next segments, but I'm really curious of what an example of an energy block is that you see very common that people kind of like tend to bypass or not pay attention to. What are some of the things that you tend to kind of like see that people may not pay attention to, but that they are actually kind of like one of those energy blocks that you talk about. We'll talk about this right when we get back in just a couple of minutes after a very short commercial break. Thank you so much. Hello and welcome back to today's episode of High Energy Health with Oliver Nino. I was just asking Oliver about any common energy blocks and he describes just different forms of energy blocks, but any common energy blocks that we in our daily lives, especially just tend to bypass or not pay attention to and that you and your experience kind of like are kind of like calling back in to kind of like pay attention to and process. Sure. I'll give you a simple one that is common and it affects people more than they know. And it is not being able to receive with their heart. Right. So I was guilty of that. People give me a compliment. I'll be like, okay, let me give you a compliment back. Or I'll be like, oh, downgrade. Oh, it's not that great. Or people would give me, is that great at giving gifts? Right. Really good. But when it comes to receiving gifts, <laughs> I just, it was just awkward receiving in general to where, you know, the biggest criticism from my family for the longest time was they would give me gifts from last Christmas and still unopened this Christmas. It's just somewhere there I haven't touched, I haven't used in the past. So for me, that's an example of a block in your heart. You're good at giving, but, you know, but you have a hard time receiving, which creates an imbalance now, because mm -hmm. that means that you're energetically you're saying that you can give, 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 but you don't want to receive, receive, receive. So you might not think it's significant, but on an energetic level, that's the vibration that you're on. That's the frequency that you're on, right? And when talking about frequencies, think about it like a radio station, right? If you're listening to blues, that's all you, you hear. Switch it over to jazz, that's all that's going to be there, right? It's, there's specific themes and tones to it. Therefore, if you're in this vibration to where you want to give, but you don't want to receive, therefore, you're going to attract people and problems in your life that match that energetic vibration. So, for example, you're going to attract people that first, for some reason, they just want to take, take, take and from you. And you're give, 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 but they don't, they don't reciprocate or fill your cup up. You're just, they're just, they just drain you of energy, period. Or you're in relationships with people that have closed hearts, right? And they're not really open, you know, because, or, or when it comes to money, you have a hard time, like really having more abundance in your life and not because of anything else, but that's the energetic vibration that you're on, right? So a lot of times I've seen where it's like people are like having issues with health, relationship, love and, and money and all boils down to a blocked heart because it was imbalanced when it came to the energy of it. Also, like Dr. Wayne Dyer talked a lot about, like, you can only give what you have. And if you also never receive, what is going to be left to give also, you know? But yeah, I love how you explain this kind of like on a, on a frequency level. Kind of like segueing from there, I was wondering 
and I, I assume that you experience that when people start these programs is that they kind of like that they, they experience these highs and high vibrations or like really deep experiences and meditations. And then they're very disappointed by the lows that are coming. And the yeah. these kind of like roller coasters are a little bit stronger in the beginning. Yep. I was wondering if you want to talk about that, because I think a lot of people are kind of discouraged in the beginning of these programs. And I think it's like there's even research out there that I don't know how many percent of people stop programs in the beginning because mm-hmm. they're so disappointed by the lows. Do you want to say something about sure. that? It's all about how they view the lows. So for me, when people go through a program and they're experiencing the roller coasters, they're actually doing it right. Because here's the <laughs> thing. Yeah, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you are releasing old energy and releasing blocks and you're replenishing it and stepping into a new vibration, right? That means it's out with the old and in the new. That means like the, the life that you want, it's a very specific frequency. And as you're stepping into that by doing practices that get you there, that means the old energy goes away. But what, what's attached with old energy? Old energy attached is attached to old limiting beliefs. It's attached to emotions. It's attached to, to people and to problems. Therefore, it might feel like a roller coaster, a revolving door of all these different things coming up. Even triggers might come up, not because they're there to pester you, because they're being finally released and, and purged. It's like it's kind of like I look at it as a uh, from the lenses of you're going through a, let's say, green juice detox, right? Mm-hmm. You're drinking that green juice, even though it's healthy for you. What ends up happening is the toxins are now being flushed into your bloodstream. So what happens when you're expelling the toxins? You can have side effects because mm-hmm. that short amount of time, <laughs> that few days or a week that you're expelling that, you're having rashes, you have a, you're having tummy ache, you're having a brain fog, you're feeling sick. Like in all those different things, right? Because you're eliminating the waste, but then you're still interacting with it in the in the process of elimination. And you start, if you look at it from a short amount of time, you're gonna think like, oh boy, did, did this green juice break me? <laughs> did, did something wrong? What happened, right? But then if you go a little bit longer, you realize, wow, I feel better. I've got my energy back. I'm actually like you know, can digest better, like you know, and have clarity, right? But you have to see your way through the purge. And a lot of times when you start a program, like you know. It, the, the way you know it works, it starts to purge to where you, you kind of feel this chaos being brought up. And if you look mm-hmm. at it from a point of view that this is not here to haunt me, this is coming up because it's actually saying bye, then it changes the perspective and the relationship you have with starting a program or doing a program or doing a yes. Program. Yes. And I think you also say that. And I, by the way, I just wanted to mention that this book has also some amazing, like, outstanding i really want to say this generally outstanding bonus material beautiful beautiful meditations oliver i was so moved by i don't know what it was but i actually did one of the meditations this morning and i listened to a lot of the audio material and and one of them i think it was also with the first part where it was about protection where you said i think in the meditation you say and it made me laugh (laughs) you were saying tomorrow's going to be quite heavy (laughs) and i was like that's a I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that in a meditation. And I thought like it was so refreshing and honest to kind of say, let's embrace this. Let's yeah. embrace the purge. Really, kind of. The way I look at it is, hey, we can live with this stuff for 10, 20, 30 years if we wanted to. But my goal is condensing time and purging and releasing them faster, like days or weeks. So sometimes the price that we have to pay for speed is 
you feel all of what you would have felt in 10, 20, 30 years. You feel it and you process it in seven days or 14 days. That's the payoff. So when you start seeing that that's the case, then now you have a context to why all of a sudden it's so intense, right? Mm-hmm. Would you rather drag it out, which most people do, or deal with it a short amount of time? And there's no right or wrong answer. It's just, for me, that's just a trade-off when you're doing Yeah, it. yeah. Yeah, I was wondering about the speed because I'm a lot in kind of like working with people with, you know, high levels of PTSD and trauma. And within trauma therapy, there is like almost like a little bit of a of a vow or belief that things are like healing is supposed to be slow. Otherwise, it's not sustainable. And even in a lot of spiritual practices, if you talk to a lot of spiritual masters, they're kind of saying, if you're doing it too fast, you're just bypassing and just going to come back the same thought next life, basically. What are your thoughts about that? I'm really curious. I feel like it. Okay, so I feel it really depends how you approach it, right? So different thoughts. So at any given moment, there's different vibrations available to me. If I'm in my human story, things are slower. If I'm in my soul or divine story, things that are problems in the human story don't even exist, right? Mm-hmm. But can you be in your, your soul story a lot of the times? Like, you know, I mean, it's it's good, but it's, sometimes it's not sustainable. So the way I look at it is when I'm, let's say, when I'm serving a soul, when I'm out there, when I'm helping somebody, all the, since I'm such in a different space, all the things that are in my human worries, they don't even exist in that moment. So it's kind of like you're watching a horror channel and you switch over to comedy. When you're in the comedy channel, the horror doesn't exist. So I feel like it depends on which level we're talking about. If we're talking about, you know, vibrational shifting, then that's, you're not really bypassing if you're doing it that way, because there's things in the soul energy that simply don't carry any human baggage in it. When I'm in my human form, which happens a lot, human state, then I look for soulful lessons that, I, that I'm that i being called to explore. So, and I explore that, it makes it to where I'm naturally more in my soul version than my human. Mm-hmm. But there's, we also have these soulful lessons that we learn, speaking your truth, shining your light, being seen, forgiving, like those yes. things that weigh us down and they make it harder for us to reach and embody our soulful self. But I feel mm-hmm. like in our soulful version, we've got it all. It's just yes. how, how often can we embody that? What a beautiful wrap up of this great conversation. I just want to encourage our listeners to check out this book, buy this book, Spiritual Activator. It's also on the Hay House app as an audio version for those interested in the Empower You app. It's going to be there with all the meditations, I suppose. I do really like reading this and kind of like having it as kind of like something in my hands that I can also look at in meditation rather than just the audio. But I'm very curious about the audio version as well. So I would just encourage everyone, please check it out. Spiritual Activator, that's also the website, I believe, Oliver, the spiritualactivator.com. Yeah just spiritualactivator.com yep spiritualactivator.com and also your other project you love healing your program yes so yeah i'm pretty much that's more like an energy healing certification for people that yep. want to learn how to heal themselves or others and that's you know it's not another side of what i do um, but for the most part the book is just for people that want to like dive into self-practices they can do on a daily basis to improve their lives wonderful thank you so much for being here oliver thanks miriam my pleasure thank you so much thanks to our listeners please tune back in with us next week as we come back with high energy health thank you thank you so much 